What if you could be doing something smarter with your money that creates income now? If you're wanting to get ahead financially and enjoy greater freedom of choice, if you want a comfortable retirement and you know you'll have more choices if you can do more with your money now, if you've wondered who else is creating ways to make their money work for them and you want actionable ideas with honest pros and cons and no fluff, welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're here helping people find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm Mike Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Richer Geek. Something a little different for you uh, today. We have Jeanne Glasgow George. She is uh, an expert, if I may say, on uh, intellectual property. And when I say expert, you know, if you have talked in front of the UN Economic Commission for Europe, featured speaker at IP conferences around the world, including uh, New York City, San Fran, India, Italy, all over the place, a Forbes contributor, author of her new book, which we will get into. It's The IP Miracle. And she has actually advised the Senate Small Business Committee and several congressional offices on IP and cryptocurrency. Wow. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Mike. Absolutely. So, you know, in all of this, you know, let's let's talk about people think of intellectual properties, but they don't really know and understand. Uh, tell us a little bit about what that actually means. Yeah, I mean, I guess a good way to get into it, when I introduce myself, I usually say I'm a recovered engineer. I had a first career in new product development, research and development, like making new products for an industrial company. And one of the things that I've carried into practicing patent law is this amazing reality of the world we live in. There is only one truly unlimited resource, and that's ideas right? That's the good news. It's unlimited. You can't exhaust it. You know, God created us in his image and likeness. We can create, you know, indefinitely. Bad news. Ideas are worth nothing. They're worth nothing on their own. People are afraid someone will steal their idea. Your idea in your head isn't worth anything. Intellectual property is just about transforming those ideas into assets, Mm -hmm. right? And there are different forms. There are different types of intellectual property to create these assets. And that's what my law practice, NEOIP, is all about. I'm a former examiner with the patent office, but my law practice has focused on supporting entrepreneurs and investors because... These assets are usually the most valuable assets in any business, right? Mm -hmm. And entrepreneurs are all about impacting the economy, creating jobs, creating wealth. And so intellectual property and innovation at the heart of that. Yeah. Throughout history, there's been, um, especially in in, in the earlier days of intellectual property and patent, uh, where someone has invented something. And someone, I don't know if you say stole it, but they said, oh, that's a really good idea. And they went and patented it. And the the true 
entrepreneur, the guy who actually came up with it, or 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 gal, uh, was left with nothing. You know, it's just it's so bad. Yeah, those are hard stories to hear. I mean, you mentioned my book, The IP Miracle. One of the mm-hmm. reasons I wrote it was for entrepreneurs and investors. It's not a patent law treatise. It's really about like, these are the essential things you need to know so that you don't make those fatal mistakes. Like a lot of those stories are because there are mistakes made. Either the patent scope isn't correct. um, The filing had some issues with it. And this is a hard reality, right? Because for all those people who have tried patenting, it's expensive. It takes a long time, a lot of the times. But here's the deal. 95% of all patents make no commercial impact. Why is that? Because they're done in isolation. It's just this like idea on paper. That's the minimum. That's the minimum way to get a patent. It's not how you create a valuable asset. Mm -hmm. So the reason I wrote the book was to kind of highlight what to avoid and what to make sure that you do to ensure that you are creating valuable assets that will make commercial impact. How can I'll give you an example on and maybe you can and help us out on how people can protect themselves. I have a, a really good buddy who invented something, um, patented it, and then was told by this larger company that they're going to buy it, you know, bring it him into the fold. And what they did was they got all of the uh, I guess schematics and how he did it and never signed with him and then did their own version of it. And he was left out to dry. You know, how yeah. can you protect? That's a tough scene. The, one of the reasons that's possible is because again, the scope is too narrow. Like a lot of people come up with an invention and then they, they really want to file the pageant on it. Say for example, like you have a new pen, design that is like revolutionary and you want to improve you know on anything else that's been out there well this is not the first pen and what is so unique value proposition of your invention that focus is too narrow you want to start there but then you have to think about how would others work around you like here it's a twisting activator of the writing implement is it rechargeable is it refillable um what other components you know exist can it does have multiple colors like I'm picking a pen as a silly example, of course, but most of the time, this thoughtful, how would someone design around you exercise is not performed. And this is where you have to go beyond what you think and have to put context around it. That's part of what uh, we have promoted. It's the way that I have practiced for over 23 years as a patent attorney is put some data around it. Think about it. If you were going to buy a house today, you're in real estate, right? Uh If you're going to buy a house or build a house or invest in it, you need a survey. You need an architectural plan so that then you can decide, do I really want to build this? What will it look like when I'm finished? And what will its value be to me and to anyone else? What is the market value of it, right? Uh You could never do that without data. And the same is true for intellectual property. It's too often done in isolation where it's just your idea into this asset. But if you do data, think of um, our patent forecast software is creating a visual as well as the substance underneath it, kind of like Google Maps, but for patents. So you can get that survey, the big picture from on high, what are the meets and bounds of 
what the invention would be. And then look at who else is nearby. Who's in your neighborhood? What's the context? Why will they care about it? How different are you? Is it different in a more valuable way? And I think this is the kind of assessment that anybody can begin to do. I mean, patent data is free information. USPTO.gov, the United States Patent Office, has all the data out there for free to be researched and used. Google Patents has a very user-friendly interface. You can do some research there. We just find that if you're not used to reading patents, they can be a little tedious of a read, I'll confess. So it has a deterrent deterrence on a lot of people digging in. But if you're going to create a valuable asset, you need to do this context research to understand what would your asset look like? What's your architectural plan before you build it? Just going to a patent attorney, remember attorneys, God bless us all. We are generally reactive. You go to an attorney and ask them to do something, they do it for you rather than proactive. Our approach is use this data, stimulate some Q&A, broaden the scope of it, then you file, differentiate and file. So, so this, uh, this this platform that you have on forecasting. Yeah. Um, so you, I just have an idea. So it's not just good enough to do it. That forecast, I mean, how, let's delve in a little bit more on how that actually helps the investors, the entrepreneurs. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the real estate, but um, forecasting for a patent. Yeah. So a lot of the time, this sort of research, and even my prior uh, software company, Neopad, it's, we took a static approach looking at something like a landscape, right? The analogy to land and the market's pretty helpful. But in truth, I, I switched over to patent forecasts, which has machine learning and AI, because patent data is changing every week. It's more like the weather. Like how often do you look at the weather app on your phone? Like every day, every week? And yet in patents, if it's changing every week, why would you only look at it once? It's a snapshot. So our patent forecasting software, we call it patent forecast, it's giving this context that's ever changing. And the reason that you care about that and updating is because it's going to give you the point of view of all the other companies who have created similar patent assets around you and who have businesses, those who value their intellectual property are more likely to value yours. So your job is not just to secure a patent. You want to make a valuable patent. You need to know where it fits and you need to be watching how it's changing over time. So it's not a one and done. There's a commitment to creating a living asset family, if you will. Interesting. And, you know, I understand you you also put together IP portfolios um, for companies. And you know, I'm reading the notes that uh, you did this for a company and they received 13 million in funding. Um, what is What do you mean by an, the IP portfolio for a company? Yeah, so think about it. And I'll tell that story a little bit. I had a, a cl early client in the t 2000s era who came to me with their new company concept, you know, pitch deck, product roadmap, all of that, and said, I want to file a patent. And so after I listened to everything I had to say, we had a little Q&A, I was like, I think this is actually a small patent family. It's more than one patent, 
Remember, you don't want the other big companies to go around you like you open this episode with that story. So let's really take a look at what you have. Let's inventory what your ideas are and then see what architectural plans, what might it look like if we created a portfolio, a group of related patent assets that together give you better coverage and kind of create this little development, right? Uh. If you, you know, again, run with the real real estate uh, uh, analogy, it's almost like a, a development. So that's worth more than a single plot of land that you're building on, right? Because you control the 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 um, the vicinity, you control access, you control things all around it. So creating the portfolio early on, the guy said, well, that's going to be expensive. And I thought, well, let's talk about it. How much are you investing to create? This is a high tech uh, product sold directly to companies and consumers. Tell us about like how much you're putting in that. This IP is going to be some of the anchor value of the company. Uh-huh. And so to go back to your your investors, go back to the VCs and ask them, would they rather see one patent or six or 12? Like the number alone isn't important, but 12 is better than one as a general rule. And so we set about the plan and we prioritized it according to his business plan and product roadmap. And we continually looked at it like this patent forecasting, it's weather, it's changing, your company pivots a little, you need to shift the way your patent strategy that we create up front has to match and align with the business strategy, right? So he used the patents in different ways early on to prove to the investors and de-risk the investment, because even if he doesn't deliver on the business plan, he or she, then you end up having some assets that you could monetize, recoup some of the investment, just de-risk it out up front. And then secondly, as the company grew, you use those patent assets to demonstrate, yes, you are innovative, you attract customers, you attract other investors, you attract board members. And then ultimately, because the portfolio, this family of patent assets that are related, strategically developed was valuable in that market context, the Google Maps for patents, if you will, patent forecast, we could demonstrate it. Their experts could confirm it. They were able to borrow as just non-recourse debt financing, $15 million secured only by the patent portfolio. That's good business. Those are valuable assets. Wow, so, so yeah, that's, that's what you got to think about from the beginning. Think big, think where you're going. Now, your book is called The IP Miracle. Um, what's the miracle part? What is <laughs> miracle? Yeah, I mean, it is the miracle that human beings alone create intellectual property. AI doesn't do it, AI is not inventor, robots are not inventors, computers are not inventors, people, copyrights. People create them, patents, inventions, people create them. And so the people factor, and again, that we have each person an unlimited resource of ideas, that's a miracle. You can always solve problems. Problems exist. You solve them in in a unique way that's valuable commercially. A, then that's an asset that you can create just with words. Mm. Isn't that fabulous? This legal mechanism gives you the most valuable asset usually in the company. And that's the IP, intellectual property. And they can live a long time. Patents live 20 years from your filing date. 
right? Trademarks can last indefinitely as long as you continue to use them. That's an indefinite value as long as you continue to use. Copyrights are at least 75 years after the death of the author. So these assets, trade secrets forever, if you can keep it secret, right? Um, and then you have data. All of these things are generated by human beings. And I do think it is a miracle that we can create assets out of words, create assets out of drawings um, that are super valuable in any industry from high tech and computer software all the way to biotech and pharma, you know, even widgets, if you will, mm -hmm. mechanical things, um, patents cover all of it. Yeah. Some of the most ingenious, simple things were patent, you know, the paperclip and it's like, Wow, why couldn't I have come up with a paperclip, you know? Toothbrushes. Everything around you is patented. Yeah. Pens are There are so many flashlight patents and a lot of patents just on the activator, the switch, the on-off. Is it at the end cap? Is it on the body? Do, do you see what I mean? Like uh -huh. the functionality, if it's solving a problem, it's improvement, it's worth looking at. You might decide after you do this, you know, data context exercise that it's not going to be that valuable and mm. don't do it. Mm. But at least you can make a business decision about whether or not you invest more time, energy, and money to create the assets. Now, That's in your book, uh, The IP Miracle, you talk about this might tie into the miracle part, the faith-based business principles. Um, tell us a little bit about what you mean by that. Yeah, I mean, even at the origin of ideas, my my belief in God and um, Christ is that we are created in God's image and likeness. Like we have power to create and it's through our words that we do it. Think about it. Your business plans created by words. This is we were created to be creative, to solve problems and to make positive impact, create solutions. So. Um, that's, I think, at the heart of it or at the very foundation of it. And then from there, the people factor, valuing people as part of your culture, that it's um, by encouraging creativity and creating a, a culture in your business that is positive, that is joyful, that is inclusive, that is you know, curious, that you ask questions and people are encouraged to try things and see how they work out. I mean, uh, I think from the smallest company to the largest, remember, all great things start small. Um, the other faith-based side is, you know, I believe that by transforming these ideas into intellectual property or IP assets, that's another angle on the parable of the talents that Jesus told. And that is, we are each given talents according to our ability. And we are expected to invest them, use them, deploy them, and then they're multiplied and that brings return to us. That's a wealth creator and God does give us the ability to create wealth. So there's my faith in a nutshell on that. That's why there, I love yeah. doing this work. Yeah. yeah, it's very, very good. Um, you also talk about, uh, and everyone again, the, the book is The IP Miracle. How can we look at you know future business trends and mm -hmm try to look at that and whether or not something would even work? This is a fun question because most people don't pay any attention to patents and patent data. Most funds, analysts, et cetera, they might know, okay, do you have them? It's a checkbox, yes or no. But when you go under the surface and look at the data, 
I think it's really valuable. I just say leading indicator because the way intellectual property law works, patents, you have to file the patent. You have to invest in creating the patent assets before you have market activity. So before you're making and selling it, you have to create the IP asset and therefore the data that goes along with it, that corresponds to it, right? And so if you consider the trend indicator that patent data is, that's how you see predictively what's coming in the market. A lot of patents never make commercial impact and yet they build on each other. Like 98% plus of all Patents are improvements. There are new combinations of known things. They are improving on work of others. That's the point of the patent system. That's why you write out the description, explain how to make and use the invention. And in exchange, if it is novel and not obvious and patentable subject matter, hey, you get this asset. And 20 years of limited monopoly. The exchange is that the public knows about it. So others can immediately be inspired by, be stimulated by your solution and consider how to create their own. Again, it's up to you to ensure by following some of the steps in the book, uh, the IP miracle, it will help you avoid this, creating a very limited asset that people design around uh, readily. Be prepared when you go to your attorney to help them be more proactive instead of just reactive. And the data does that. It shows you what's coming. It also indicates maybe where your potential exit is. A lot of tech acquisition, uh, pharma acquisition, a lot of companies that acquire smaller companies um, they do that because there is this innovation asset. There's intellectual property that they don't have. You can't go backwards in time and patent the same thing. So whoever has that priority filing date of a quality asset, that's that's essential for the large companies to step in. We did some forecasting in an area of consumer sleep. It's important that we all get good sleep, right? You probably read a lot about that. But um, one of the things we noticed was this wearables trend and data. And we saw Fitbit leading the pack, leading everyone else in this area. And yet we saw Google and Apple, some major corporations that were active product on the market, but limited patent filings. They hadn't really gotten there first. Huh? So we were projecting almost a year ahead of the acquisition by Google of Fitbit that either Apple or Google would do it because it uh -huh. filled a gap in their portfolio. This public info, everybody can see this. So use patent data um, in novel ways more aggressively. It is a little tedious, I'll confess, right? If you're not used to reading scientific and technical and legal <laughs> things. However, it is a super rich data source. It's great. You can even see who the leading innovators are. Like if you just want to get a job with a great company and you're interested in medical devices, you can see who the top innovators are, who the inventors are and reach out to them, connect on LinkedIn. I tell this to students all the time, whatever your area of interest, you can become expert pretty quickly. You can know who to connect with, who to network with. Um, and maybe who to get employment with. <laughs> yeah. Cause you can, it. you can see like in the tech world, who's coming out with new products like constantly because they have a great R&D and they have a good, um, I guess, that entrepreneur spirit. And then you see yeah. some of the big companies, 
that if they want to do something, like you said, well, I'm just going to wait till someone invents it and we like it and then we'll just buy that company. And it's just amazing the two different sides. Um, now, every October, uh, we want to get into, you have a conference. Yes. That you have. It's called Eclipse. Yeah. It's called the Eclipse IP Futures Conference. So we're looking at kind of with a futuristic bent, if you will, some technology trends, industry trend areas. And it's an invitation only conference that we bring together about 100, 120 uh, people who are uh, kind of a mix. Maybe it's a little bit of matchmaking, but we bring together investors. So venture capital, private equity, and some angel investors about a third investors, about a third entrepreneurs who, you know, often very serial entrepreneurs with some track record of success. And we bring together experts and some executives to have interactive sessions around some content that's fascinating. This is this will be our 10th year in 2023. Um, but in 2022, we had Silvina Moschini, the first Latina unicorn was our keynote speaker. She invented the unicorn. We were talking briefly about crypto, but also the unicorn hunters show uh, along with Steve Wozniak and others. So, you know, kind of a celebrity there, if you will. And uh, Andre Swanston, uh, amazing entrepreneur who told the story of how he launched his own business, came out of the financial world, launched his own business in tech and kind of got to this point where he had $9 in his account and took it to nine figure exit. <laughs> Very inspiring, super inspiring. Uh, we featured, we spotlight entrepreneurs uh, to give them a little bit of a platform, no pitch competition, just sharing, here's who we are and what we've done. Uh, we featured a company, um, with a, an innovative undersea radar technology called CDAR. Um, and that was well received. It was one of the favorite speakers also of the conference. Um, yeah, so it, it sounds wonderful. Thanks. It's a fun time. Yeah. And, you know, how do, how do people or listeners kind of uh, follow Eclipse, you know, or just ha what's happening? You know, yeah. most likely they may not be able to attend. But how, how, where's the news source? Yeah, the, we, we do feature uh, some video content in more recent years. We uh, also tried on uh, in 2021 kind of a, a live uh, cast, if you will. And then some, uh, I guess I would say some edited clips or some, you know, meaningful clips from the conference we have on my YouTube channel, Janan Glasgow George, my YouTube channel. You can kind of check out speakers from past years, um, but you can follow up on it and just engage with me through LinkedIn, Janan Glasgow George on LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, just reach out to me at Neo IP um, if you if you have some interest in that. But I'd, I'd love to, uh, you know, hear feedback from people on any of the video clips. We have heard so far that many people have found it useful and, um, you know, have then requested to participate. So thanks. And uh, so that's where people could like, if they have the patent questions, they can get to, they can reach you on, on LinkedIn and. Yeah. On LinkedIn, or they can email um, info at neo, neo IP assets.com. Make an inquiry there and uh, our team can reach out to you if you have patent questions. Perfect. So, uh, two last questions. What advice would you like to leave 
our audience worth with. Mm -hmm. Maybe the ones that are investors, maybe some of them are entrepreneurs. So I think for investors, I would certainly say um, ensure that you properly diligence companies on the IP assets. A lot of times, uh, and we see early stage investors and even some sophisticated venture don't fully diligence the IP, which includes you know confirming the scope, the value of it, putting context around it. I think for entrepreneurs, I say typically inventory what you have. Most entrepreneurs are not fully capturing intellectual property. So you're leaving asset on the table by not converting ideas in, into intellectual property assets. So be sure that you look around, that you understand where IP comes from, that is in, in your business, who are the people who create it and ensure that you own it. That's yeah. a, a mistake easy to avoid. Ensure that you have contracts with all your employees and contractors mm. that you own the IP. And make sure no one's already patented. <laughs> right. And the that's this that research looking. and analytics, right? Yeah. Patent forecast and certainly anything that you can even do through, again, online free resources. You need to know what the examiner is going to do before they do it. It's mm. all public data. So yeah. don't miss that step. Where can people find the IP miracle? It's on Amazon and, and places where you listen to um, the audiobooks, but Amazon has it all. So check them out. There Perfect. you go, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, Janan, it's been wonderful. Uh, everybody, again, the book is The IP Miracle. Find it on Amazon. And if you have any questions, go to the expert. Don't go to don't go to me. Don't go to online. Go to the experts. Go to the mentors. And uh, Janan, thank you so much for being our guest on the Richard Geek Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Richard Geek Podcast, where we're helping others find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. For today's show notes, including all the links and resources from our show and more information about our guests, visit us at www.therichardgeek.com slash podcast. And don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Share with others who could benefit from listening. And leave a rating and review to get the podcast in front of more eyes. I appreciate you, and thanks for listening.